Remember, the views expressed on The Business Bros Show is only the opinion of The Business Bros. You should always seek your own legal advice, tax advice, and any other counsel regarding investments or financial obligations. Shut up and sit down. To another episode of Business Bros. Business Bros. All right, so this episode is going to be on paying yourself first, and uh, we figured we'd take an angle of talking about pay yourself first through the lenses of a couple different uh, points of views, different books that we've read, different strategies that we've used. Uh, to kind of, you know, throw the idea out there and hopefully a listener says, you know what, that I think makes sense for me. I should look into that one. Different financial authors, different schools of thought, basically. Different schools of thought. I mean, they're all pretty much saying the same thing, right? I mean, you have to pay yourself first. You, you need to take the money that you've earned and put it away and make it work for you. Right. Otherwise, you just earn and spend, earn and spend, earn and spend, and you wind up living paycheck to paycheck and... You know, if uh, somebody was smart enough to get you set up with something like a 401k when you were young, then maybe by the time you're 65, you're able to retire. If uh, not... Assuming, because you have that earn, spend, earn, spend, earn, spend mentality, that only assumes that you don't have massive debt by the time you do go to retire. Right, you know? that I'm, too. I mean, learning to spend is a big deal. It's It's usually money going out if well yeah we're programmed to spend we're 18 years old and bombarded with uh credit card offers yeah so i mean we're we're definitely programmed to spend so if we're spending too much and we're spending beyond our means which we're americans let's face it most of us do that's right? what they tell us to that's do. what they tell us to do um because we can pay it back later exactly you know then that ends up being a problem for most of us down the road yep <clears throat> so uh, let's start off with, uh, who do you want to start off with? Dave Ramsey, you want to start off with Kiyosaki? I think we've had more history with Kiyosaki. We've definitely had more history with Kiyosaki, but just to go back really quick, you know, before we, we move on to starting with talking about our authors, when you find yourself in a hole, you got to stop digging. Put that shovel away. You know what? I mean, you're absolutely right. Before we even get into being able to pay yourself first in different strategies, first things first, you got to get a little discipline. You, know, you have you, to have a budget. You have to have a budget. You have to put some plan in place to say, okay, this is the road I'm going to take. Right. Regardless of which road we're going to talk about here, you got to set up a path, right? You got to have a plan. It's got to be specific, measurable, attainable. Right. All you know, of that. The, the whole smart goal thing. Smart goals. But, yep. I mean, it doesn't really have to be that complicated, to be honest. It's just a matter of uh, developing a new habit, right? Right, right. I'm an Excel junkie. I love my spreadsheets and one of the things that I have done is to create a uh, statement of cash flows for myself so this is the income that I'm earning here's all of my expenses and recently what I've done so far uh, what I've done recently is break my expenses down my groceries all the way down to how many times a month do I buy milk yeah I mean you can get down to the nitty-gritty and if you're able to do that then you're gonna be very dollar conscious Right. I mean, and, and let's be, let's lay it all out there. You need to learn to live below your means. I mean, plain and simple. That's the only way you're going to be able to pay yourself first. Right. Honestly. I mean, if you're, if you're spending, you know, um, now we can kind of start getting into some authors. Dave Ramsey's uh, daughter, she has a, a book 
um, that's kind of helping you teach kids how to, uh, you know, get good money habits going forward. And they use something called a, a zero sum budget, meaning every month they budget for every single dollar. So that includes money that they're going to pay themselves. That includes emergency fund money. That includes all the groceries. Every single dollar needs to be accounted for. Even the money that you're going to give away, even the money that you're going to spend, even the money that you're going to go out. So at the end of your budget, you should have zero dollars left over in cash flow. That's what... Uh, Rachel Cruz. Rachel Cruz. Okay, yeah. I was, I was going to ask... Uh, He's got two daughters listed here, Rachel Cruz, Denise Ramsey. So Rachel Cruz is the one. She says that when you get done with your budget, you should have zero dollars. Zero dollars. Every single dollar should be accounted for. And part of that is some money that you put away for yourself? Absolutely. So so they have three different things that they they put away in their budget. One is to save. Mm -hmm. One is to spend. And one is to give. Because... <clears throat> give like in charity give like in charity uh the the premise between with with the ramsey family is that this this life isn't yours everything you have in this world is borrowed you know it's it's just temporary you can't take it with you when you die right and the same holds true for money money is only a means to an end it's not real it's it doesn't have morals it's, it's not good idea. it's not bad it's an idea and so since uh and you being on this earth are given uh, you're a manager of money. You don't actually own it. You're just managing it for a time. So you need to learn to give because ultimately, you know, that's that's the way to help. That's a way to help people. And and truthfully, I mean, if you do any kind of marketing events, they do a lot of things for charities. There's a lot to be said about giving because it opens up the opportunities and it makes you feel good. You know, it I mean, you, you definitely network with people who are like minded, who are also successful and have the, the means to give. And it's a def, it's a it's a networking opportunity. But at the same token, it's a soul feeding opportunity. Right. You know, and, and so they they put in their budget. Give. Cool. All right. So. Uh, cool. So sp save, spend, give. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the save part of that? Yeah. So. Um, so Dave Ramsey himself. Um, says one of the first things you needed to put together is an emergency fund, right? $500, $1,000, the just in case something happens money. Is right? that like just a flat dollar amount? Should it be based <clears throat> on your monthly expenses? It's it's a flat dollar amount. It's, it's you know, $1,000 is a nice round number in case something happens. You pop a tire, you know, there's going to be a couple hundred bucks to get fixed. Right. You know, something happens in case of emergency. Usually, a thousand dollars will get you through what you need to get through. It's not the long mostly, thing. mostly, and that's like that's his baby step number one. Get that that fund put away, mm -hmm. and then after that, he starts talking about more of a getting out of debt because he's a big believer in you should have zero debt. Any debt you have, you're a slave to. Okay, that's a Dave Ramsey mentality. So you got to get out of debt you got to get to zero debt and then you want to start putting away three to six months reserves and then you can start funding you know other investment type things but he's talking when he talks about get out of debt i mean he's adamant he's saying no car loans no credit cards no mortgage so you even rental properties no debts zero debt zero debt okay all right and that's and that's a good strategy i mean that's the that's the strategy that we ended up taking for our long-term investments right that's what we zero decided on debt. after a little bit of experience yeah. right zero debt and why because liquidity is tough when you have all your money invested in the cash property but cash flow is good 
Right. Right. And that's what you're in for. You're in for the long term investment. He, he preaches adamantly about, you know, most people try to find a get rich quick scheme. But there is no get rich quick scheme. If you want to get rich quick, get rich slowly. It will come quickly. <laughs> it will come over time. It's just a, it's a discipline. It's a, it's a day-to-day routine to do what you need to do so that you can get to where you need to get to. But it's, it's being dollar conscious, like you said, when you break down your budget. You mm-hmm. can break it down to that point and you're conscious about every single um, purchase that you're making. Don't get crazy. Don't live without, you know, beyond your means. Live below your means. Get yourself in a position where... Now, if imagine having a life with no mortgage, mm-hmm. where your cars are paid off, but you're still earning the same oh, revenue man, that you're nice. earning, right? You would, you would. It's just a huge weight lifted off your shoulders. And if you're thinking, yeah, that would be nice, of course it was. It just, it just, it's more ammo to his point of debt is keeping you enslaved. That's true. So that's true. Let's take the other approach, though. Robert Kiyosaki's complete opposite. He is. He's very much it. Well, he has two different types of debt, though, that he talks about. You have good debt and you have bad debt. So the majority of Americans fall into the cycle of bad debt. Credit cards, car payments, even your mortgage, right? Most people will say that their mortgage, I'm sorry, not their mortgage, but their home is their greatest asset. But Robert says your home is your greatest liability. Because you're taking money out of your pocket to pay for liabilities. Exactly. So he has a simple definition for assets and liabilities, right? Assets put money in your pocket. Liabilities take money out of your pocket. So that same mortgage that we're talking about, if it was a rental and the rent covered the mortgage, he would define that as a good debt. He would call that good debt because you're making money from it. It's cash flow. So in our experience, uh, we have rental properties in Alabama. And we did take on uh, mortgages mortgages for all three of those properties. And what we're finding is that we would have preferred to have just bought one good one in cash instead of having three on loan. Right. Because if any of them are vacant, it hurts on a month-to-month basis. The mortgage still has to get paid. Mortgage still has to get paid. So, you know, keeping that long-term is different. So now we're doing what we're doing is trying to acquire enough funds to just pay those all, those mortgages off. Luckily, they're smaller mortgages. Right. Not very big mortgages, but... It's Alabama, not San Diego. Right. But now we're like, okay, that, that experience there helped us figure out, you know what? This is, you know, the Kiyosaki method is good for us in theory. It's just not very It works for a lot of people. It works for a lot of people, and there's a lot of people out there that make a ton of money this way. Uh, you know, he calls it OPM, other people's money, right? So when you go to the bank and you put 10% down on a property, they're giving you 90% of their money. It's not your money. Absolutely. Right? And as long as you are using their money and you can generate enough income if you can buy enough rental properties even if they're two three four hundred dollars a pop you buy ten of them that's two three four grand a month yeah absolutely the only issue is markets fluctuate markets go up markets go down um and so you know people lose their jobs people get new jobs people move Mm -hmm. so if you you can hit you know everything could be going well at a certain point in the market but let's say you lose your job or you know you have some sort of cash flow issue you have multiple properties that need repair at one time and Mm -hmm. at the same time you have vacancies 
right. you know, that could be detrimental to that could a, be a cash devastating. flow statement. Yeah, it, it could, could be it devastating. Could, it could cause you to ultimately lose properties. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is why we kind of changed our mentality on what we're doing things because it is a burden to have a debt. Good it or is. bad, it's still a burden. It's still a burden. And so, you know, it's it's not that. You're still tied to it. Whether yeah. somebody else is paying you for that you know, property or you're paying it yourself, you're still tied to it. You're still tied to it. And, you know, that's the nice thing about our Texas property, right? So that duplex is awesome because when it's rented, it's a cash cow. Right. When it's not rented. Doesn't it, hurt us so bad. It doesn't bad. hurt. It sucks to not get a check. Right. But it doesn't hurt. We don't have to pay out of pocket. Right. It doesn't hurt and us so, on a month to month. Right. So, I mean, ultimately, that's what we ended up doing. We can't, We can't. I guess we're, we can say we went the uh, Dave Ramsey route on that one. Yeah, well... We will anyway because we haven't bought any new property yet. Yet. Uh, so that's just one of the things that we learned between the property that we bought in Texas and the ones that we bought in Alabama. It's, hey, we like this a lot better. Let's go ahead and buy one cash and just enjoy that large cash flow. Keep an eye on this one basket of eggs. Mind you, right? we spent about the same amount of money. Spend about the same amount of money on those properties. We bought three versus the one. But we feel more comfortable buying the one at a time. Right. And that's not really, you know, it's it's going to take longer to buy the next one if we do that route. Yep. But it'll be, I'll feel better about it. I'll sleep better at night, I think. Yep. All right. Um, another thing that uh, Kiyosaki talks about is um, he talks about getting out of the rat race. Right. His definition oh, yeah. of, of wealth is measured in days forward. Right. Right. So he's saying, okay. We talked about this on the podcast too. Yeah. So we said, we said if, if you make... Um, if you have $1,500 in savings and your bills are $3,000 a month, you're 15 days wealthy. Right. <clears throat> right. And so what, what Robert Kiyosaki is basically saying is that every day we're stuck in a rat race. We get up, we go to work, we pay bills, we get up, we go to work, we pay bills. We trade time for money. We trade time for money and we do it consistently every single day, just like a rat spinning a wheel. Right. Right. So he, we're, we're in this rat race. How do we get out of it? By buying assets by purchasing assets and his methodology includes taking on uh debts you know good debts to generate that passive income uh and as long as you can generate enough assets to pay off to pay your monthly expenses you're wealthy you're wealthy you have you you have infinite time at that point you don't have to trade your time for money your money's coming in now whether we're talking Dave Ramsey, whether we're talking Robert Kiyosaki, um, it, they both require to have that money to apply to either getting yourself out of debt or to getting a new investment property, which brings us to the premise of our of our podcast, right? This pay is the importance. First. This is the importance of pay yourself first. You can't do anything. You can't get yourself out of debt. You can't build an emergency fund. You can't buy rental properties unless you start to pay yourself first. Right. Right. So, so this book by George Samuel Clayson called The Richest Man in Babylon. Mind you, it's not a thick book. It's a very thin book. 50, 60 pages? Yeah, maybe? it's 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 not a very long book. But the, no, not at all. But, I mean, it's rich in, rich. in the story that it has. Ist man in Babylon. Yeah, rich ist man in Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely is. I mean, it's based of, like, you know, big, biblical era. Right. Right. So so um, so you're talking that time period. But the rules of money that are that are implemented during that that time era is the same uh, that they, the rules hold true today. 
and simply simply put the richest man in babylon talks about paying yourself first and it should be something like the 10 percent rule right. right so for every dollar by the way earn, this this was first published in 1926, 1926 and here we are almost 100 years later still talking about this book still talking about this book and so so there's there's two real um strong lessons that i personally got out of this book one which was pay yourself first right at least the 10 percent so just to talk a, a, a quick a quick moment about uh, how this comes about. Uh, in the book, there's a story about a man who is a, shall we call him a slave? Let, let's just say very, very l- underpaid. He yeah. gets some wage, but it's very, very, very low. Uh, and what he learns to, to, to do is to put 10% of his wages aside so that at some point he can use his savings to purchase something that will make him more money. Right. Right. And he's, you know, when they talk about putting, paying yourself first, I mean, a lot of people think, well, yeah, I do. I buy myself shoes. I buy myself, you know, clothes. I buy myself toys. I pay for my car. I pay for my car. You know, I do pay myself first, but that's, that's not paying yourself first. You're paying everybody else. Right. You're paying the manufacturer of the vehicle. You're paying the finance company for your loan. You're paying Nike for your shoes. And everybody, everybody but yourself. And you're fooling yourself into thinking that you're paying yourself. And the reality is when what it means to pay yourself first is that money gets put away. In the book, he talks about you're amassing a golden army of Mm -hmm. slaves. Right. And these slaves, this golden army of slaves works for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And their job is to grow. And and their job is to grow. And once you've acquired a slave you are to never let it go right it is yours to work forever and that's how you got to think of your money once you've worked your butt off for it Mm -hmm. it needs to be yours forever right and so what people don't do very often is pay themselves first they take that 10 percent, and they try to take it from the back end like well let me pay all my bills let me uh, you know buy groceries and do everything that I need to do through the month. And whatever's left at the end, that's what I'll put aside. Problem is there's too much month at the end of the money. Normally (laughs) too much month at the end of the month month at the end of the money. In other words, you, you usually go broke before payday. So in, in, you know, growing up, um, well, the wife anyways, growing up, they would always have this, this saying, cause you know, depending on what they were eating, they knew it was the end of the month. Right. <laughs> and, you know, th- that means you're, you know, you're on top ramens, you know, you're on hot dogs mm-hmm, or whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know, stuff that we just thought that was normal food growing up for us. But <laughs> mac and cheese with hot dogs, mac and cheese with hot dogs. But whatever you do, you're getting creative. You know, it's the end of the month. It's not steak and lobster time. Right. That happens that's at when, the beginning that's of the, the month. beginning of the month. Right. But that that's what I mean by, you know, too much month at the end of your money. You don't have an, you're not budgeting correctly. Right. So that means if you're waiting to the end to pay yourself. There's, there's nothing there's there. nothing to pay yourself so lesson number one pay yourself first first you are your biggest collector you are your worst loan shark you're 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 the one that you're the most afraid of yeah so I mean you have to pay yourself before you pay anybody else right if you don't pay a credit card you don't pay a loan you always get phone calls and people harassing you about give me my money give me my money why aren't you that hard with yourself that's right you got to be so that's lesson number one. So what do you do with the 10% after you saved it? All right. So sticking with the richest band in Babylon, he has an example. The guy p- 
puts his money away and after you know after you after 10 years of putting his money away he's got one whole year's worth of income saved it's right? amazing yeah. ready to ready to put to work but then he makes a rookie mistake he trusts a brick maker you know back in the day people making like adobe bricks to build houses he trusts a brick maker to invest in jewels right mm. what does a brick maker know about jewels absolutely nothing but man he'll build you a good adobe house so the lesson that he ends up learning in this scenario is is if he was going to ask a brick maker for investment advice it better be about bricks that's right because if he's going to ask to invest in jewelry he better go to the jeweler if he's going to invest in iron he better go to the iron workers right they go to the experts in that particular field don't just you know it's it once you learn to acquire money people want it that's right. People will do anything to get it from you. Yep. They will sell you anything. You have to be smart enough to say, that's not the advice I want. Right. I need to go to an expert in this particular field, somebody who's done it, somebody who's been there, somebody who's experienced. Right. So um, that was lesson number two that I got out of Richest Man in Babylon. And uh, then, we, then, you know, I started listening to a bunch of different stuff and I bumped into this guy named... Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. And he had this awesome video on uh, how making a million dollars is nothing today, right? It's true. And it, it, how it's not going to last Wanna you long. Want to be a million? No, right. billionaire. billionaire. Billionaire with yeah. a B. Yeah. So he, <laughs> so he, he, talk, he takes it to a whole new level. His company is called 10X. So that means 10 times, right? So you're thinking, he's thinking big. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do small stuff. He's thinking big. So Grant Cardone takes this 10% rule and he jumps it up. He's saying you should be putting away 40%. 40% of what you make should be going to your investments. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And he uses an example and and to make the numbers pretty easy, right? So he uses the example of 10 grand. So if you make $10,000 a month, 40% of that you should be putting away to work for you. So out of your 10 grand a month, you should be putting aside Four grand. Four thousand dollars. Right. Now, Uncle Sam's gonna take forty percent between Uncle Sam and the state. Now that that is what Grant Cardone said. You being a tax guy, do you agree? If he's on the higher end, yeah, we're talking ten there. grand yeah. ten grand a month, hundred and twenty a year. Yeah, but you're talking social security, you're talking Medicare, mm-hmm. you're talking federal income tax. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna hit somewhere about somewhere, somewhere around around there. Okay. So I just I just wanted to get your opinion. You're yeah. you're a tax pro. So four grand goes away to the tax guy, four grand goes to work with you. Two grand is left over. So Can you live off of two grand? And that's making 10 grand a month. So when he laid it out that way, he's like, two grand a month is what you should be living off of. But what do most people do? If they're making 10 grand a month, they're spending 10. They're, sp- they're spending well, six. six. They're spending cause six. Cause Uncle, Uncle Sam's Sam takes his, four. Yeah, he, right? he pays himself first. He pays himself first. Lesson learned, right? <laughs> All right. If the IRS takes money first, then you should probably be paying yourself first too. That's right. That's right. So ten grand a month after you after you pay your taxes, after you put money away to work for you, because he's talking about forty percent, you're living off two grand. So if that's not enough, what do you need to do? Find a way to make more money. Find a way to make more money. So he bumps his example up to thirty thousand dollars a month, which is our goal, by the way. That is our goal, by the right? way. And in residual income. But he lays it out. He's like, you should be living off, you know, that that leftover. So the same example. If it's thirty grand a month, twelve grand goes to taxes, twelve grand goes to work for you. That means you're really living off of six. 
I mean, that's a huge reality shift. Yeah, you know, I when mean, you start if you're, thinking about that, absolutely. I mean, no, that's, that's a that's a big number. I mean, twelve grand a month. You're talking one hundred and forty four thousand a year. Yeah, but I mean, that's Grant Cardone. He's ta- he and that he's talking about one hundred forty four thousand a year that you should be putting into investments for yourself. That's multiple properties right there. I mean, depending on on what school of uh, thought you go with, you know, whether it's Dave Ramsey or Robert Kiyosaki, if you use Robert Kiyosaki and you put 10% down, that's $1.4 million worth of real estate that you just got. If you use Dave's way of doing things, you could buy a house in a lot of different areas for 144000 So a one year. house a year? Yeah. But that's the monopoly strategy. That is the monopoly strategy. Why not? Now, I mean, remember what I said, Grant Cardone's a whole different ballgame, dude. He's not the... He's the balls to the wall kind of guy, right? Right. He's the pedal to the metal. He's the high life. So mm-hmm. he's shooting for the stars. He so, drives a Ferrari. Uh, I think he drives a Bentley, and I think he gets a new one every so often. I mean, this guy's like ridiculous buku bucks. Right, right. right. So he's taking it. Already, this is already a, a mind-blowing thing for me, the, the whole 40%. I'm like, holy that's, moly, that's, that's crazy. a lot. Yeah. He takes it to another level after that. He says, all right, that 40% rule... You don't stop doing that until your assets, the money that, that you're earning from residual, you know, from rental properties and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So when you get to the point where that money is, rep- you represent 40% of that is being put away. So you put away that 12 grand a month, right? And then that 12 grand a month, as you put it away, put it away, put it away, it starts making you 30 grand a month. Right. And then you start putting another 12 grand away. Right. He's saying when you can, when your residual income is to a point where you're applying the forty percent rule and you're living comfortable, that's when you can stop. But ultimately, you don't stop because that that's a perpetual oh, at cycle. At that point, that's just fun. That's just fun. I mean, but that's what he does. For him, this is fun. It's yeah. the game of if it's the game of making money. It's a I scoreboard. Think it's, I think it's fun for all three of these guys: Dave Ramsey, Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone. You know, anybody who's out there making money, they do make it. Into a game, you know, just like you said, it's a scoreboard. It's a scoreboard. That's all money ever really is, you know, well, that's not all it is, but that's really what it represents to some people, especially very competitive folks like yourself. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because if you equate it to a game, it's like playing Mario Brothers. You can beat the game a number of ways. You can play every level. You can I always warp do. a couple worlds. Nope, never. You can... You don't have to play every level. You can skip around. Right. Right? So there's always a different way to play the game, and that's really what's happening here. I saw a video that some guy beat the whole Mario game in, like, 45 seconds. I don't know if yeah, it was yeah, 45 it was, seconds. It was, it was ridiculous. But, yeah, it was, like, some ridiculous quick... Yeah, he has a little screen share thing, and, yep. like, all the comments start coming up. So, I mean, that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. I mean, it's it's... And that's the thing is, every single one of the people we've mentioned has a different strategy, but they're both trying to realize the same thing they're trying to be financially free right right and what that how how they define that is different but they're all doing the same thing putting you on the spot how do you define it how do i define what uh to be financially free for me to be financially free Mm -hmm. i i like kiyosaki's definition of financially free i like the the when your passive income exceeds your expenses right that to me that's that's step one that's step one. That's step one. So Do that, you stop at step one? No, because I like Dave Ramsey's debt-free. Uh-huh. Because the fact that, that my passive income is covering my expenses still means that I have some sort of debt, and it's probably just going to be the mortgage. 
Right. But to be completely debt free, to be to be bound to no one, mm-hmm. I think that's the ultimate goal. But you're not necessarily chasing Grant's way of doing things. You're not chasing I'm, the private jet. And yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be helicopter and don't Bentley get me every wrong. couple of years. Don't get me wrong. I think that would be a fun, fantastic life. But that's not the style that I'm working towards. Okay. If I ever get there, like you know, the snowball effect of of paying off debt. We've right. talked about that. Um, it can work the other way, just like compound interest can work against you. It can work for you. Right. And if and if I am applying these things. I, I don't see why when I'm, you know, 55, 60 years old, maybe I do rent a jet from time to time. What the hell? Why not? Why not? I don't know. But I'm I'm not throwing it out there. But that's not that's not how I would define for me. For me, it's I don't have a mortgage anymore and I don't have to go to work if I don't want to. Right. I could never see myself not working. I'll tell you that much. Yep. That's something I don't know. Maybe it's in my blood. I, I just can't stop working. I like to do what I do. But also, I just want to point this out. I bargained life for a penny yeah. and life would pay no more. So really it's just kind of funny. You know, you have these three different ways of, of looking at money and, and how to, you know, when, when is enough enough? Uh, Grant Cardone is one of those people that enough is never enough. Uh, in the stocks world, penny stocks uh, specifically you have uh, Tim Sykes. You know, he's one of those guys that, that flashes his money everywhere. He's got Lamborghinis. He's made a ton of money off of penny stocks, and it's great, you know. And you follow you follow certain people that are uh, day traders, and they're showing a lot of the same stuff. I'm like you. I, I don't really necessarily want that kind of life. I would like a really nice RV and, like, just to travel consistently. Yeah. Just be on the road all the time. I mean, it, but it's time, right? We want to buy time. That's what it and is. And what we do with that time is completely up to us. But we need to buy that time. That's that's true. That's and, true. And it really, and you know, it, it starts with... When your with, passive income exceeds your it, expenses. Right. And it, it, and it really comes down to stop digging. Yep. Pay yourself first. And then when you invest, don't, don't lose, lose money. money. Do not lose money. Right. At all costs doesn't matter what the investment is. I don't, you know, we, we often hear the strategy of, oh, it's okay. It's a tax write-off. Like, no, no do not invest in something that's going to lose you money. Right. Do some due diligence. Do some research. Think about it. Stop what you're doing. Walk away from it for a while. Reevaluate, but pull the trigger from time to time. Definitely. Right. I, I don't know if it's the, you know shoot and worry about the ready aim stuff later mentality I love that chief denny here's chief another denny. T- shout out to you <laughs> but for sure you need to take action but take calculated risks don't spend all your time in the analysis phase definitely take a take some risk um and especially like today i mean we're talking recently and i was telling you t- earlier today I, mean, I listened to a bunch of different podcasts and i read different stuff on real estate and it looks like the real estate market is not going to turn, it is turning. And so this is one of those times when the change in the market, whether it's the financial markets, whether it's the real estate market, the opportunities are there. Do you have the means to do so, to do something about it? Like one of the things I liked about what Grant Cardone said was, he said, don't save money, store it. Right? What's the difference? Storing it means you're going to put it to use. Saving it has a no, it, there's no period. It's just, I'm just putting it away, putting it away, putting it away. 
Put it what? under your mattress. Put it under your mattress. I'm gonna save it, save it, save it. If you save it, it's just gonna go bad, right? Like we watched the uh, what was the movie? Uh, bad Boys Two. Oh yeah, remember Bad Boys Two? The drug the drug dealer. He had all that money in the in in the Miami house. Right. And he's like, I can't even get my money to Cuba. The rats are eating it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you're just it's just it's just if you save it, it's gonna go bad. Yep. Right. So put that money to work. Store it. Put as much away as you can, and then use it. Put it to work for you. Yep. Get that cash flow coming out of it. So, stop digging. Pay yourself. Don't lose money. And do something with it. Opportunities are not on the horizon. They're here. Opportunities are here. We're in a changing market. I mean, dude, I get jitters. I was all excited. And I was telling you, I feel bad because I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to hurt when the market changes. Right. Because they're not prepared for it. But. Happens every time. But it happens every time. Money doesn't care about your feelings. Right. It just moves. But one thing that you said uh, that can give a lot of people hope, you know, hopefully people that are listening to this are going to be more prepared. Uh, For those that get caught up in it and, uh, you know, they're not prepared. One thing that you said to me that was that was hopeful was that a lot of the people who lost everything five years later bought another house. Yeah. Yeah. There are programs in place. You know, there's there's it used to be that when you got foreclosed on, when you filed for bankruptcy, when you were in a short sale, it was really frowned upon as a society. But today it's almost normal. Like you expect to wipe the slate clean. And from, you know, the the last time it went bad in 2007, 2008, people were completely wiped out. People were completely bankrupt. I went bankrupt. I was one of them. Right. And within a year and a year or so, not even a year and a half, I mean, it's back in business. Well, you and started booming. you started the cleaning company, you flipped, flipped a houses. condo, I mean, it you was it was started the game r- truck. rolling game truck. Yep. So, I mean, the opportunity to change is there for everyone. Don't dwell on the down if you go down. Take it as a learning experience. Rub a little dirt on it. Why did we fall, Bruce? Get back up again. That's it. That's it. Rub a little dirt on it and keep going. There you all go. Right? That's all it takes. All right. So that's uh, pay yourself first. What do you think? Hopefully, uh, hopefully you learned a little something. And as always, we encourage you to be a part of the conversation. You can go to our website, www.csfirst.com. Follow us on Facebook at csfirst. Or on Twitter, uh, at Trades on the Road. But also, announcement, we're on iTunes now, uh, recently. Uh, We are on Stitcher. We are on Google Play. So find us wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe, leave us ratings, leave us comments. Help us build an audience. We really, really appreciate it. And for those of you who are already listening, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So that's all I got for you guys. Peace. Bye-bye. And I'm out.